This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Speaking of Bill, that's where I wanted to go here. We see him in the trailer, and we hear a lot of people talking about him. Uh, what are we going to hear from Bill Belichick over 10 episodes, and how was it to work with Bill uh, getting his uh, verbal comments, getting him on camera in that sit-down? Probably a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. Did he MF you? Because he MF'd me once walking away from an interview. So. <laughs> wait, so, wait, somebody said that even in the comments. They were like, hey, like that time when Bill said to Andy, you mother ever. You haven't lived until Bill Belichick has MF'd you. <laughs> All right, then I've got a purpose besides seeing my kids graduate and get married. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> um, you know, I think that what's really different about writing a book and making a docuseries is in the book, I mean, like, for instance, purposely, I didn't even put photographs in that book. There's no pictures. It, it's all based on wanting <laughs> the reader to imagine, right? It, you and it imagine. took a while to get through. Yeah, I know. It's well read, but it's it's exhausting, but it's worth it. Yeah. And in the documentary, it's a completely different medium. You're, you're actually going to see Tom and Willie McGinnis and Rodney Harrison and Ty Law and Lawyer Malloy and every one of these guys you're going to see Gronkowski, Edelman, walk into a room. You're going to see them sit down in a chair and then stare down the barrel of a camera and start taking questions. That alone is incredibly captivating television. It's It just is like almost like it almost doesn't matter what they say. And so um, the, the thing is with Bill is I think like like everyone else who sat for the interviews, he comes off so authentically that anybody who's followed this team for five minutes is going to go, that's him. Like, we're really looking at him. This is not an act. He's not, uh, it's very organic. It's very, it's legit. It's natural. It's like, it, it, this is not acting. This is really Bill and it's Bill being Bill. It's Tom being Tom. And I think for Patriots fans who are really engrossed in this team, you're, you're going to feel like you're in the room with Bill Belichick during that interview. And, you know, I, I don't want to give too much away about what he says, but I would just say that his interviews, from my opinion, uh, were incredibly revealing. Um, and we covered all of the things, and by that I mean topics, that I think Patriots fans would want to hear him asked 
the questions that they want him to be asked. So and we're going to find out if Ma why Malcolm Butler didn't play. Uh, he, I just say that that is in one of the latter episodes. Bill is definitely asked that question, and so all those all those things are there. <laughs> and um, I, I just think it would have been a disservice to the series if we didn't, you know, ask those questions. Yes, G great. I'm glad someone would because any one of us that would ever try to do it probably would fear like having a trap door open underneath us and falling into a shark pit or having Bill have lasers come out of his eyes and just like melt us on the spot because he has that intimidation. Fa I don't know what it is, just has that intimidation factor. And I, I, I'm curious to see if we're going to get some combination like Andy and I have talked about. And I think Pats fans loved seeing him on the NFL 100 years ago because he was so great. He was so compelling. And, you know, he can be when he gets going on this punter or this formation from right. the Naval Academy or this special team or whatever. Um, so I'm curious to see if we get like hard ass post game Belichick mixed with NFL 100 Belichick and, and all of that as well. Um, Let but, me just tell you, Nick, just, that, yeah. So the, the interview with Bill was conducted um, as were most, not all, but most of the interviews were conducted by Matt Hamachek, the director. Mm -hmm. Matt has a great way. Uh, a great conversational way of doing interviews. Um, I thought that he did an incredible job with uh, interviewing Bill. Um, he was professional. He was conversational. The interview is intimate. And I think that um, it's one of the reasons I think Matt was a perfect choice for the docuseries. I think Patriots fans will appreciate his style as an interviewer. Um, it's different probably than what Patriots fans are used to in press conferences, but uh, very effective. A um, couple, uh, couple questions and comments from people that are watching on Facebook and YouTube live right now here on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast with Dynasty author and TV series producer, Jeff Benedict. Um, from YouTube, Dan B2387, let's face it, there was at least some truth to what Lane Johnson said a few years ago about being a Patriots player under Belichick. Remember that famous comment being, they don't have any fun up there. I imagine, Jeff, we'll probably see a lot of people either address that cultural aspect of playing for the Patriots and then bring up that winning was always fun for them. Um, but Mike Onofrio, watching live right now on Facebook, asks, is there anything that was not addressed or were all topics on the table for discussion with all players or members of the dynasty? So um, all topics were on the table, um, especially all the, uh, you know, hot button topics, you know, which would probably fall into the bucket of Spygate, Deflategate, Aaron Hernandez, Malcolm Butler, uh, you know, Donald Trump and uh, his letter that he asked Bill to write and read that's all of this stuff was on the table the relationships between players uh, the coaching staff all of that was there um i don't think there was anything that we felt we didn't get that we wished we had there's obviously not everything that everybody wants in the story is in the story we only had so much space but from our perspective, we covered everything and there was definitely nothing that was off the table. We had no restrictions put on us in terms of what we could ask about. So you mentioned the transition from book to video, 
uh, the 35,000 hours of video. What's something you learned in phase two of this project that you didn't know after you had finished the book project? Well, uh, there were a lot, there were a lot of things just because, um, we were finding things in the video archive that, you know, even the Patriots didn't know they had because it was old. And, um, for example, uh, there were a lot of things and I love the 2007 season because to me, that's, that's a great watershed moment in the, in the dynasty run where they go undefeated and they're on the cusp of the perfect season. And then the helmet catch happens and all hell breaks loose. And I always thought like right there, that's the moment where it really could have ended as a dynasty. And if it had, it would have still gone down in history as one of the great dynasties. It would have been right on the shelf next to the Packers, the Steelers and the Niners, three Super Bowl wins and, you know, a perfect regular season. And what a great run. What a great run. But that's a soul crushing. That's the kind of soul crushing loss that would break most teams. It would break their souls. Like what I didn't know when I wrote the book is that in the locker room after that game, that players were actually like, you know, there was weeping, there was vomiting, there was a, a kind of crushing breakdown that I I didn't know about that when I wrote the book. And I would have obviously, from a dramatic standpoint, tried to illuminate that in the narrative had I known that. Mm. That came out as we were going through the archive and seeing stuff. And then, because there's a lot of video taken from 07 that we didn't know existed. Um, there's an incredible scene, which I won't get into because I don't want to spoil anything, but there's an incredible scene that took place in Foxborough um, right at the start of the 08 season when they were getting ready to try to recover and let's go back and do it again. And now we all know what happened at the start of the 08 season when Tom gets hit the Chiefs game and he misses the whole season. But we found video of something that happened right before the season started that I just think when people watch it, it's a meeting. It's a meeting that happened at the stadium. It involves the Crafts and Belichick and Brady and all the players and it's just raw footage that it's just like, holy cow. I mean, so there was a lot of stuff like that for me that I was just like, you know, this is why you do a docuseries after a book, because you can go deeper, you can find more. People are comfortable to tell you more. And they did. They went further. I mean, we were already going to watch Jeff. I mean, we are the target audience. You don't have to sell us that hard. I mean, we're we're going to be there no matter what. I know, I know. Well, you told me the the yeah, vomit. I, mean, I want to yeah. see somebody vomit in the locker room. I I mean, that's sick of me, maybe, but you just that's that's the biggest thing I'll probably take away from this conversation today is that I'm intrigued to see that post game locker room. Yeah, and and Andy, Jeff has been nice enough to be, if I may, Jeff, real quick. And he's been nice enough to come a couple times to the Putnam Club before games and talk to the season ticket members and fans. Um, uh, and we've talked about, uh, and you know, a lot of this stuff before, which is nice. And it's great to be able to expand and share it with a larger audience. Now, Jeff, and the audience gets bigger starting Friday on Apple TV plus, but we've had other guys like former offensive linemen and, and whatnot. Like Dan Copen has said, like, um, we had the worst week of practice, you know, guys were, just weren't taking it seriously. Something was wrong all week. Guys were partying like they it was in their head. It was already like it's done. It's you know, we've already beaten these guys. They can't play us any better. They played the game of their lives in the final week of the season when they went 16 and 0. like it's just always going to be so captivating, so frustrating. Um, yeah. 
and to and to now see these little slivers and nuggets like that that we never thought could have existed like I, I love it I love I, the detail I love the because we've all there's a, I think there's a certain portion of the Patriot Nation fan base that feels like oh I read everything I read Holly I read the Dynasty I I watched the NFL films but it was such a long run with so many stars and Hall of Famers and stories there's always more and, and no offense to you. I don't know that you got all no. of it. I think there's probably other stories that will come five years, 10 years down the road. The truth is, Andy, uh, when I when I did the book, there were a ton of great stories that I had that I didn't use yep. because it's hard to, when you're writing a book, you know, it's hard enough to get people to read 500 pages. And to me, this team deserved 500 pages. This, this dynasty is bigger than any we've ever seen before. It shouldn't be done in a 250 page book. But at the same time, 500 is 500. You can't do 750. And right. so I had some fantastic stories that I knew about that I didn't put in the book because I was trying to tell it as tightly as I could. You want the, the book to read like a movie. It's got to go fast. And so you can't tell every single story. And so people writing, why didn't you include the such and such story? That should have been in the book. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of those stories. And, and so you try to pick the ones that you think are the best to really illuminate what this thing's about. And in the docuseries, you, you kind of have to do the same thing. We don't have 20 hours of television. We have 10 episodes and it's pretty action packed, you know, because these this doesn't feel like a docuseries. It feels like a movie the way it rolls out. It's got music. It's It's got like great commercial music in it, the stuff you see in movies that really enhances what you're watching. Well, um, you know, my favorite parts of, I always love Tom versus time because I love the behind the scenes stuff with Tom and his kids and seeing yes. just what a great dad he is and how much he cares. And uh, I love the stuff in the book about when Robert Kraft was younger and he would pick up the kids from Hebrew school and go to the deli and pick up sandwiches and then drive to the old crappy stadium. Like, and, and like, yeah. that's the stuff that I love doing and want to do. And I know Andy, Football runs deep in Andy's household uh, with him and his son as well. And I'm going to be what my I'm hanging out with just my 11 year old Friday and um, to really get him into all the stuff that he missed because he was too young. We're going to watch the first two episodes together uh, because sports is the ultimate um, emotional connective tissue. And that's what's so great. So great about it. And I can't wait. Um, but my, my last question for you, Jeff, as you've given us more than more time than I could have asked for. And this has been so fun. Um, I just wanted to ask if there's like, is there one thing in putting the book together, but then also putting the docu series together that you now, like you've been, you've been, you watched the 35 or as much as you could of the 35,000 hours of footage and a hundred new interviews and everything. Is there something now that you're almost in possession of perspective and knowledge of that, you know, where, wherein like you think like, Oh shit, if they had just done this one thing differently, uh, they had maybe would have won that other Super Bowl, or if this one fragile little element didn't fall into place, the whole entire you know thing would have broken apart, and we never would have had the second half of the dynasty, or this or that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, can I just say one thing real quick, please? Nick, yes, about sir. what you said before I answer that, because when you were saying what you enjoyed about the the story about you know Robert Kraft picking up his kids at Hebrew school and all that kind of stuff. To go back to what you said at the very beginning of our conversation today about, you know, did the crafts control the book or hire me or something like that? 
the truth of the matter is they had no idea what I was going to write in the book. They had no idea where I was going to go with the narrative. It was my decision, 100%, to open the story with the, the backstory of how Robert became Robert, how he went from Bobby to Bob to Robert to RKK. The reason I did that was because as a storyteller, I felt like there's so much we know about Tom and Bill and so little we know about Mr. Kraft. And I thought that those stories that I that I learned about him, that most of which had never been told, I'm not talking about the story about him meeting Tom on the steps and Tom saying, I'm the best decision your organization's ever made. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the stuff like the Hebrew school and coming home with the first season tickets and showing Jonathan and opening his briefcase and the, the tickets roll out in the 70s. Those stories to me are bedrock foundation for how this team became what they are. And so I chose to tell those stories. If you don't like it, hey, that's on me. But that had nothing to do with anybody else. That that was me as a storyteller. And I, I just wanted to put that out there because I like those kind of stories. I'm a dad. I have kids. Most of the people I know who watch this team are moms and dads with kids who are in love with the Patriots. So I thought those stories would resonate with my audience. I don't really care what other people want to criticize about that. To me, that's one of the best parts of the story. Okay. Thanks for giving me a chance to say that. To answer your Thank question, you. yes. Um, the fact is that uh, I think that there were so many places from, from 2007 on where this thing should have busted apart. I, I could tick them all off, but the big ones would be 2010, Tom's contract coming up. He's suddenly doubting, is Bill going to you know, lose faith in him and move on from him like he did with Drew? which was how Tom got his job in the first place. Is, am I going to have that happen to me? So the summit in Cape Cod with Robert and Jonathan, where he, he's really saying, he, you know, he needs security. He's worried. The draft in 14, where they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. There, there's all these points in time where there would have been natural breaking points in the dynasty. So um, I think it's remarkable that it just kept holding on. And I think that a lot of that had to do with, the, the relationship that Kraft had with Bill and the relationship Kraft had with Brady, which were very different, but by keeping those both working, they were on separate tracks. And, and Robert's like hopping from track to track. I mean, my visual is a guy who's on a pretty fast moving train and he's jumping off into the other box and now dealing with that guy and then back into the other. And he's trying to keep the trains running and eventually by 2020, it just couldn't happen anymore. Like the, the journey had taken its course. And as much as it would have been great to see Tom like win his last Super Bowl and play his last three seasons in New England, um, it could have happened. It could have happened, but it would have required people to change their personalities. And that's the thing. People don't change their personalities. We are who we are. And I think that it, it just had reached the end of the road. And so rather than you'll never hear me say, for example, the dynasty finally crumbled, it didn't crumble. It, it was more like the death of a spouse. It, it went, it was a 20 year marriage. And finally, after a long, long marriage, successful marriage, it had strife. There were arguments. They were getting 
pissed off moments. There were all the things that happen in a great marriage. And eventually, like when a spouse dies, the marriage finally ends and the survivor has to carry on. And, and that's really what happened here is it ran its course. And um, I would never second guess what Tom did in leaving. It wasn't selfish. It was just time. I mean, I think he makes that clear uh, in the series and, uh, you know, pretty emotional when he talks about it. But I think that scene in Robert's house to me is, uh, I mean, I get pretty emotional when I just think about it because I know how much emotion. One of my favorite things to write was the scene of Jonathan Kraft on the phone in Colorado when Tom and Robert call him from Robert's house that night and Tom's all choked up and he's trying to tell Jonathan that he's leaving and Jonathan doesn't say anything. He just has to take his glasses off and rub his eyes. I mean, that's all you need to know. Like you don't need any words right there. You can see what the hell's going on. And I think to me, that's really the heart of kind of what this story is about. Okay, I'm with so you. Jeff, I have to ask you um, because everybody's done Belichick versus Brady. You know, we've done that yeah. on talk radio and websites for years. Sure. But I think you, with the Dynasty book and now the Dynasty docuseries, bring a breadth and depth of kind of investigation into the Dynasty that really loops in Robert in a way that I'm not yes. sure happened. So, um, you know, power rankings are big in the NFL business, right? Everybody gives their opinion yes. who, who the best quarterback is. Okay. Yeah. So Jeff Benedict, after 35,000 hours of video and interviews and years, give me the power ranking on the Patriots dynasty triumvirate, Brady, Belichick, and Kraft in order, if you would. Sure. Um, I, and I get the temptation for it. Um, <laughs> power. I do. I get the temptation for it. I mean, look, Bill and Tom each had jobs that were easy to scrutinize and easy to understand because they happen in plain view. Right. Right. We watch them in a bowl on Sundays. The whole world sees how they do their job. You, you see every bit of it. Once Tom puts on his helmet and, and Bill puts on his headset for three hours, we can judge how they do their job. And they did it, did it pretty damn good for 20 years, better than it had ever been done before. What you can't see is how the owner does his job. That's the invisible part uh, of the job. Now, there are exceptions to that rule. In Dallas, you see a little bit more of how the owner does his job because he's out in front and they haven't won a Super Bowl in God knows how long. They haven't even been close to getting to one. In this town, the owner has a very sort of behind the curtain role. And the only way that this dynasty would work for 20 years is if the owner was willing to be behind the curtain. In other words, you can't have three people on the same stage trying to, trying to take in one set of light. It's hard enough to have two people in the light. Stars don't share light real well. They just don't. And so uh, I made that comparison between Tom and Bill and Paul and John for a reason. If the Beatles could only last like eight years and they were the greatest band to ever live, it's shocking that Bill and Tom could be married for 20 years. And the key to that is the role of the owner. 
That's the other reason that I opened the book with the owner and put some more onus on him because I was trying to get people to get a, a more 3D look, three-dimensional look at the dynasty. It's not to say that Robert's more important than Bill or Tom's more important than Robert. It's not about that. It's about understanding that all three of these guys had super important roles. And if you remove one of them from the equation, it's all over, all of it. And so if you took Robert out of the equation and you just put Bill and Tom together, first of all, they would have never won six Super Bowls because they would have never lasted together for anywhere nearly as long as they did. So how do you put a ranking on that? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you can't really put one above the other. It's really important to list the three of them. There just should be a Mount Rushmore with three heads. That's it. There are no other heads. It's just them. The greatest owner, and you, I'm judging greatness, by the way, with one word, success. Yep. So the most successful yep. owner in the history of football, the most successful coach in the history of football, and the most successful player in the history of football. That's the end of the conversation. There, there isn't anyone else in that conversation, at least not right now. And we have 100 years of football history to put that up against. That's Mount Rushmore. So until that changes, there shouldn't be any more heads on the mountain. Yeah, and there have been people even, Jeff, that have suggested that when now Bill Belichick has obviously moved on, that, you know, who's getting the statue and – uh, where's it going to go and how will they pay tribute? <clears throat> Some have even suggested that the statue out front of the stadium should just be the three of them. It should just all go up at once and it should be as all the, whatever, however you say they make up the hundred percent of the greatness and the accomplishment that was the dynasty that all three should get statues together because only in such incredible cooperation were they able to accomplish uh, what they did. Um, all right. Uh, let's put, let's put a bow in this puppy and wrap it up. Um, Jeff, I can't thank you enough for the time, uh, for sending me the books. If anyone hasn't uh, actually had a chance to read the book yet, I highly recommend it. There's an ebook that's available right now. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's also available in paperback. You can get it wherever you get your good books and stuff. I got a couple copies left. So if anyone wants to slide into those DMs at FitzyGFY on the socials, Instagram or Twitter, tell me, uh, tell me why you need to read it or how come you never got a chance to. I'll see if maybe I can send you out a copy as well. Um, the the series premieres again this Friday on Apple TV+. Plus. The reviews have been great. Chad Finn from The Globe said, uh, anyone who has any doubt that Tom Brady is going to be aces as the lead analyst for Fox will leave those doubts behind because he is so free, so comfortable, so animated, charismatic, and dynamic in the show. You give me good Brady, you've got my attention. Um, <laughs> it's been great getting to chat with you, Jeff. Great getting to know you as well. Uh, it's an awesome book. Can't wait for the series. And... Uh, Thanks for your time today, brother. Any any last words you want to share with the audience? No, I'll leave the uh, trophy selection or statue selections to the Patriots. But as a writer, I, I'm sticking with my Mount Rushmore. It should be the three of them up there. Love it. Love All it. All right. Uh, great job, as always. He's Andy Jumbo Hart. You can follow him at Jumbo Hart. I'm your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens. You can follow me at Fitzy GFY across the socials. And, of course, he is Jeff Benedict the author of the Steve Young biography, Tiger, LeBron, and of course, the Dynasty. And once again, the show premieres this Friday on Apple TV+.
Thanks for listening to and watching Six Rings and Football Things Live with Jeff Benedict. Behind the Dynasty, we thank you as always. Make sure you uh, you subscribe, like, share, smash, all that jazz. We are at Six Rings Pod. You can follow us uh, Odyssey, Spotify Pods, Apple Pods, and wherever good football talk is found. We will talk to you guys very soon. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to watch the Dynasty. Good day. God bless. And as always, go Pats.